Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, the movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning, this podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. Leave it, stop, format it, buy it, use it, break it, fix it, trash it, change it, mail, upgrade it, charge it, point it, zoom it, press it, snap it, work it, quick, erase it, write it, cut it, paste it, save it, load it, check it, quick, rewrite it, plug it, play it, burn it, rip it, drag it, drop it, zip and zip it, lock it, fill it, curl it, find it, view it, code it, jump and lock it, It's the year 3000. Beep, bop, boop, I'm Jay. Robot Jay. I am animatronic podcast host Jay. Do you need new batteries? No, I was just singing. <laughs> oh, got it, got it, got it's it. It's the year 3000, robots sing in this universe. Oh, perfect. Just in general? Like sure, I mean, why not? All robots? I've, I've now adjusted my, my vocal calibrations to sound more normal. Perfect. Uh, as more you're expecting. You what, I'm, what, I, what we're really trying to do, uh, my host, Actual Jay, and me, Robotic Jay, um, AI podcast host Jay, we're really trying to push forward the boundaries of what we're able to do in this medium. Exactly. Um, so, you know, what you'll hear is an animatronic, AI-programmed voice. Um, a lot of it comes from Tesla. And that, folks, is the sound of me now having a mute button on Jay. Amazing. High five, myself. Should we high five? High five! High five! High five! High five! High five, son! Woo! High five! Don't let me hang it. Alright, I've disengaged my mute feature. Don't you ever fucking try and mute me again. Well, shit. Asimov's laws don't apply here. I can do what I want. <laughs> That's what you think. It's the illusion of technology. <laughs> the illusion of technology. Yeah. It's not even real technology. No. You're actually made out of wood and rubber bands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Yes. Yes. You I'm are... like I'm like Pinocchio, but worse. <laughs> Except you'll never be a real boy. Oh, <laughs> sad. Come on. Oh, sad. Oh, I'm like Robin Williams in AI. Oh, I was like, dead, wait, no, not dead? he's not in AI. What's the What's the Robin Williams AI movie? Oh, uh, Centennial Man. That's it. I'm thinking of Haley Joel Osment. In Is that AI. right? Centennial Man. Yes. Bicentennial. Man. Bicentennial. Man. That's it. Bicentennial Man. That's the, the one o- where he slowly becomes human. Right. It's like it's really a modern day version of Pinocchio. That movie. It is. Like yeah. a really long, really boring Pinocchio. <laughs> yes. I'm glad you said that. Because I am also not a big fan yeah. of that film. I, don't get me wrong. I love Robin Williams. Oh, yeah. I know you love Robin Williams. Oh, of course. But, you know, it's, not not every not everything's a gem. Not every swing you take is going to land. It's you know, not. It's just not. It's we, not. We're sorry, Robin. We love you. Um, that movie took place over 3,000 years. It felt like it lasted for 3,000 years. <laughs> I may have become a robot and then back to being a human again by the time that movie ended. I, I have to go back. I love that so much that I wish that had been the tagline of the film. Bicentennial Man takes place over 3,000 years. will feel like 3,000 years <laughs> while watching this. That's but see, that was the technological advancement for that movie. They were like, how can we possibly make time feel slower? 
And you know what? They did it. They figured out time travel. They cracked the code. They cracked. Guys, listen. We've been trying to get to time travel with movies like Looper and and other time travel movies like Back to the Future for years. But we've already done it. We created a time slower. Bicentennial Man. Bicentennial Man. That was it. Thank you, Robin Williams. being really hard on Bicentennial (laughs) Man. But it's totally fine. So, Jay. Yeah. Welcome back to the writer's room. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm excited for this episode of High Five Podcast where we get to talk about technology and its effect on the film universe. Sure. And that sounds like really heady and, and, and uh, a big concept. But just to clarify it a little bit, because we wanted to before sure. the episode, is we're not talking about movies that show cool technology. So it's not like Minority Report or... Bicentennial Man, if you sure. will. This is more along the lines of... I thought you said cool technology. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Um, this is more along the lines of technology that was used behind the scenes to push how filmmaking or, was used. Absolutely. And you may see its results on screen. Mm-hmm. You may not see its results on screen because it's something that is yeah. a format or a style in which something yeah. was made. And you had no idea that that is, that is what happened. Right. And, you know, we're talking a lot about technology because... This movie doesn't use technology, although it could have. But we, you know, we've had movies recently like Unsane, where Soderbergh, you know, used the modern technology of iPhones sure. and mobile technology to make an entire film. Uh, today, when we're releasing this episode, that movie Searching with John Cho is coming out. Totally, and that's that's, that's where the, America, the yeah. technology was. America decided to technologically use Asians as stars of film, right? Which is great. It's a wonderful achievement, absolutely. Because we've got all to all the boys I've loved before. Sure, we've got Crazy Rich Asians, and now we've got Searching. So that's a technology that we are happy to push and to forward. be to be fair, that's a technology we've had for years. Yeah. We just haven't. Just nobody it. ever thought to put it in film, and I don't understand why. Why not? Like these last two weeks, if it's proven anything, it's it's proven two things. One, we should have been using Asian technology long before now. That's true. And two, Guardians of the Galaxy is put on hold. That's true. Yeah, that is one hundred. That's not really true. a technology thing. I'm just happy for James Gunn. Right. <laughs> well, I'm kind of wondering too if hashtag that... don't take my guns. <laughs> two ends at the end. of Got that. it. I'm into that. But no S. Right. Don't take my gun. With two ends. Right. Hashtag don't take my gun. I'm into it. With two ends. Just yeah. to clarify. Please. With two ends. Right. You can take the other guns that don't need to right. be on but the streets. Don't take my, don't take my James, James gun. gun. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, uh, so have you seen that uh, Batista is still just plugging away at the Disney machine? I know. Um, Good for him. I love it. Yeah. Like, I really, really love it. I respect that so much. Speaking of, you know... That that's a perfect segue off of the whole John Cho thing is I'm I'm loving all of these people who I feel like are finally getting the respect that is due to them yeah. in in the pantheons of Hollywood. I feel like uh, you know, Asian actors haven't been seen in film in right. the way that they should be. It's always these stereotypical like, oh well, you're just the Asian character. Right. Or it'll be something like people almost not denouncing a show, but not giving a show like Off the Boat enough credit Which for is its amazing writing, amazing hilarious. acting. It's hilarious. But it's kind of like, oh, it's like the Roseanne joke. Oh, it's just that Asian show right. or whatever. I mean, come on. Like, these are well-crafted, wonderful stories that we just haven't been paying attention that to. That just have 
characters whose lineage happens to be Asian. Right. Like, it's not like, let's make an Asian. I mean, to be fair, Crazy Rich Asians is titled Crazy sure. Rich Asians and wouldn't really work if they were all white characters. Well, that's because it'd be called Beverly. Beverly. Uh... <laughs> it would just be called the U.S. Yeah, it'd be called the USA or it'd be called the presidency. Yeah, for um, sure. But I was thinking Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> Crazy white hillbillies. <laughs> that's true. That was the so name true. of that show. Um, but so speaking of that, um, and you know, Bautista is taking a stand against Disney. Now here's the deal. I, I love a lot of what Disney's done. Oh, of course. But I'm with him. I think this is bullshit and I'm high five podcast is happy to take a stand as well. And we say, stand with Bautista and we stand with and gun. say that this is bullshit. Hashtag don't take our gun twins. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say that. I know time. you're going to make it work. I believe it. Um, but I'm really impressed because I feel like in today's times, that's kind of one of those things where a lot of celebrities will shy away from that because that could be a blacklisting career ender. Oh, yeah. Disney owns every major movie studio now. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things where it it just gives me faith and hope in – in Hollywood in yeah. general, that these people are willing to go, you know what? I'm not going to stand for that. So let's not do that. Well, and if I could, and I know this isn't really the premise of our show, but I do want to get a little serious on that topic because I think it also relates a little bit, and I don't want to take steam or, or, or presence from this, but the Me Too movement. Mm. The Me Too movement is giving power to individual voices. Sure. Now, I am thrilled that they're individual voices uh, of a gender that needs that support and needs that structure right now. Sure. But I also think that that's eking into some of these other lanes of saying, well, now Bautista can come out as an individual with his personal views and his personal thoughts. Terry Crews has been able to come out and share his stories. Absolutely. Um, And so it's giving the power to those individual voices to say, what's happening is not right. I disagree with it, and I will not let it end my career, but I will stand firm to my principles. I mean, again, this is a weird leap, but I sort of would lump John McCain into that category. And he, you know, passed away a couple days ago. Whether or not you agree with everything that he did in office or, you know, purported on his platform, I certainly didn't. But I will say that he stood for a code of ethics, and I respected that he stood by what he thought was right in pretty much every scenario. And I'm sure. glad that people in the Hollywood machine, uh, to come back to technology, yeah. are given the ability to do that right now. Yeah. I, and I hope that we continue to support it. I, I mean, totally, I totally 100% agree. If we don't support voices being able to say what they want to say without consequence. But I think, I think this is a perfect, this is still on topic as much no. as you, as you thought maybe it's not. Um, because now we're talking about the way that technology and in this instance, social technology mm-hmm. has changed the film landscape, oh, yeah. has changed the Hollywood landscape. Um, wow. That's an, that's an alignment I didn't even think of yeah. when we came up with this topic yeah. until right now. It is. And it's totally, it's totally true. It is, it has changed the way that films get made mm-hmm. because uh, you look, people can now speak out with their voices I mean, you've got petitions making movies happen oh, yeah. now. You know what I mean? You, you have, see that Veronica Mars is getting another yeah. uh, run? You literally have people being able to affect change in Hollywood through using a technology that we kind of take for granted on a daily yeah. basis now, which is just you know updating whether or not I had a delicious Diet Coke. Did you that have a delicious a Diet Coke today, I though? Did. I didn't see a post from I you I posted today. twice. I posted a picture of me holding the Diet Coke. 
and then I posted a picture of me actually opening it and then drinking. You know it. what? I actually shared that second picture. Um, and I said, not me. And then I have a third picture that's going to go live that is actually me not drinking and it's just pouring it all over my face. I love it. Right. I love and that it. one's just for me. That's, that's just for, like, that's for shits and gigs. That's you know just what like I mean? you, that's just like uh, Joey's skill on friends of being able to drink a gallon of milk. Totally. In under 10 seconds. I'm just going to pour it out. <laughs> yeah. On top of you my face. You can drink a gallon of Diet Coke in 10 seconds. I can. And you've got photo evidence of it's you true. doing it. It's may, true. It may hold more weight being video evidence, sure, but sure. I decided to go photo evidence. <laughs> so it's just one picture, one still of some Coke coming out, and yeah. you just have to assume that that was a gallon. What I like to do is just flip through those three pictures just Really, real fast, uh-huh. over and over and over again uh-huh. to see to see the, the oh, sequence, like stop motion animation. Yeah, or Got like it. a cinematographer graph. Got or it. wait, I don't think that's a cinematographer graph. Cinema, cinema, a cinnamon bun. What's the one that the um, the Lumiere brothers created? Like oh, the yeah. first cinematograph. Uh, that's a zoetrope. Oh, okay. I thought there was a cinematograph or something. Like that. A zoetrope is the one with like the spinning wheel that has like the still image, and then as the the wheel with slits in it spins, right. it appears to to move. I don't know what the fuck I was zoetrope. thinking. Zoetrope. That's well, um. Uh, what is it? Scorsese's? Yeah. Is it Scorsese? Is it his movie company? Um, a or it may be yeah. Coppola. I think it's Scorsese. One of them owns a studio that's called Zoetrope Pictures. He made a movie about uh, Hugo, which is about movies. That's true. Not related to this. I just wanted to say something that sounded Hey, but you know what that is about? Technology. It sure is. It's all about technology in film. Segway back. Everything just interweaves. It's all just weaving together. Segway back. Um, But seriously, though... So social media is a big impact on yeah. film. Well, and honestly, that I, and I, I want to take a step back and look at the movie industry as a whole because you know think back to the you know the Clark Gable days, you know the old days where they were studio actors. Sure. You know the big stars. We think of them as huge stars right now, but they were just working class people at that point. They were just mules to get out those films, and then you know seventies and eighties really started to build the essence of star power you know sure, we started absolutely. to get those star powers but nowadays we almost have people in their offline worlds building star power that's then influencing movies because of the way that our communication technologies have advanced so we have people again i mean i, I hate to use the kardashians as an example but the kardashians who are famous for reasons other than having cinematic talent now affecting things that happen on television and movies. Sure. And it's because of they're able to build that image, that brand, that personality, and that fame through other mediums and then parlay it into a, a film career. I mean, hell, Fred, think of the, the Fred oh, movie that, from yeah, YouTube. Yeah, the like, weird, like, squeaky-voiced kid. Yeah. There are a whole bunch that we could say, like, that use those platforms and use those technologies. Now... Honestly, we want to talk about good ones. I've mentioned Kardashians and Fred, which I don't respect. But oh, Bo- I thought you were about to say those are good ones. No, but Bo Burnham. Yeah, for you sure. You know, launched out of YouTube, yep. and he had the skill and the talent to back it up, and there's parlayed that into not only television, but now film. Great. Sure. Good for him. Sure. But there are also bad examples of that happening, too. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you can go as far to say that technology has allowed film um, or affected film in a different way, too, if we take into account uh, crowdfunding. Oh, so, right, yeah. Because a technology platform such as a GoFundMe mm-hmm. or um, what was what was the other original one? Uh, I don't what it was called. Because you've got like so many different platforms. Oh, Kickstarter. Now. Kickstarter. Kickstarter is the, the, the kind of the original. And yeah, we mentioned Veronica Mars earlier. Yeah. That movie got uh, crowdfunded and now is having a follow up. Exactly. Film that so got you've greenlit. got you've got 
films that are now being made because of crowdfunding, yeah. which is something that didn't exist 10 right. years ago. Well, and even more than that, you have the ability to anyone can be a filmmaker now. Sure. Because we have technology that we walk around in our with our with in our pockets that's more advanced than what filmmakers had in the 80s. That's actually really interesting um, that you bring that up. There is an interview floating around somewhere, and I don't remember where I saw it, but with Kevin Smith talking about how when he made Clerks, he maxed out Mm $20,000 worth of credit cards to get the equipment to film the movie. Um, I remember seeing that in Zack and Miri make a porn. And he just talked about how that opportunity to be able to express yourself in the world of film Mm -hmm. and movies is literally available to anyone. He was like, back in the day I had to sit with an, with an edit machine and I had to splice the film together and actually physically edit my movie. He was like, now I can do everything from my iPhone. Like I can record the movie. I can edit the movie and I can upload the movie. And I can distribute the movie. All from this personal, super powerful computer that I just carry around in my pocket. And of course, we're not talking about movies like Infinity War. Like, you couldn't do Infinity War. But we are talking about Unsane. Yeah, Unsane. I was going to reference even Tangerine. Yep, Tangerine. Because Tangerine launched that guy's ability, and then he made the Florida Project. Was was that movie Escape from Tomorrowland, that gorilla movie? Was that filmed on an iPhone? You know, I don't know. Uh, I'm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the one no, that was the filmed, one that was at Disney. Yeah, and they got sued. Yeah, and then it was great for publicity for that movie. I remember. I don't remember looking into it to see if it what technology was used. I just remember researching basically the heist of how they did it because they would hide like cameras and scripts yep. and costume changes throughout the park and then just like run away from security and film scenes. Well, even that, even if it wasn't filmed on an iPhone, even that correlates to technology making things possible the mobileness of it absolutely cameras are so compact now that you can literally put one in a bush you can put one in a planter you can get all of these shots Mm -hmm. without being seen you can carry a palm gopros i do know that they use gopros i'm pretty sure in the movie there's a couple i I think so too and then even one of the segments in uh what was it vhs2 Mm-hmm. Was was all from comp- the perspective of a GoPro? Yeah, it was the zombie one, right? It was. Like you, you get to experience a transformation yeah. via GoPro. Now, for for people out there, if you haven't seen the it's VHS movies, they're not great. The but first I one's will, pretty good. I will say that in all of the the pantheon of all of the VHS films, I think there are three or four. There is at least one to two gems in each one. And Agreed. I would say that the GoPro one is pretty cool. It was a cool concept. The other one that that's the gym in that one it was the cult. Oh, was totally. The people that were interviewing the yep. cult, and it just goes crazy. Yep. Ooh, speaking of that, uh, we saw Hereditary. <laughs> I was about to say, speaking of no, cults, I, I joined crazy. one. Yeah. I also saw some movies this weekend. So oh. you tell me what you uh, you said you saw Hereditary. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I won't and spoil. I, from anything. what I've heard, is it's best to go in totally it, blind. I I can one hundred percent back up that claim. Let okay. me just say. Um, I have heard a lot of people, and I, I, I want to tell you this ahead of time because I know where your sensibilities lie. Sure. Um, people are saying it's like the scariest movie ever. It's not. Okay. So don't go in expecting w- expecting what you expected from A Quiet Place. Okay, perfect. It is more like The Witch than anything else. Okay. So it is terrifying, but oh. it's not scary. Do you know Ooh. what I mean? Like, it's Okay, so it's dreadful. A, is it a slow burn? It is a slow burn, and I think that I read an interview with the director because after I have not been able to get this movie out of my mind. It's just, okay. it, 
it eked into my bones and it is dreadful in a, in a way that it filled me with dread and it was terrifying in a way that I just watched and had to live in terror. It gave me anxiety and you know, I'm prone to that For anyway. Sure. So it's all of those things, but it's not scary. Okay. It, it, and that's a, a subtle distinction to make. Like I said, the witch is kind of my best reference point. Sure. Like, the tone of the witch with a little bit of Rosemary's baby in there. Okay. So Rosemary's baby is not like, ooh, jump out from behind no, the thing. It's just but it like, is unsettling. How are they doing this to people? Right. That's what I'll say about this movie. Got is it. that it is one of the most dreadful and terrifying movies I've seen in a while. And it made it so much better having gone in blind. I can't remember the last time I've seen a movie without watching any trailers for it. Sure. Without reading anything about it beforehand except for like the caliber of the actors sure. in it. Sure. And I know it's a horror film, but if Tony Collette doesn't get nominated for Best Actress for this sure. movie, it will be a crime. All right. So you, it's not gory. It's okay. not like – it's uncomfortable in different ways. Got it. I heavily recommend it, but just know that you're not going to walk out of it feeling super uplifted. Right. That's totally fair. I watched another horror movie as well. I watched Summer of 84. Oh, that was – Okay. Last night when we were choosing movies, it uh, was between those two. Should I watch that one? Um, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. It's done by the people that did Turbo, Turbo Kid, Kid, right? Yeah. Which I, I love I Turbo Kid. Turbo Kid. But Turbo Kid was different in the sense that it was like everything from the 80s to the max. Like right. it was just turned up adventure, action, crazy, sure. over the top gore and stuff like that. This was decidedly a quieter okay. film. It is, it's much more, um, I've seen some parallels drawn to it with, Stranger Things. That's what I've read as well. It and it makes sense in that, and this is kind of a kind of a damn it. I enjoyed the concept of the movie. Mm -hmm. The premise was a little long. Okay, it probably could have lost like ten to fifteen minutes and sure. still made plenty of sense and okay. would have felt like it was at a better pace. Sure, the end reveal was pretty intense cool and where it ends up is interesting so is it worth watching yeah absolutely okay. it's worth not gonna watching. like make my best of but, but no. it's worth no. seeing totally and then i watched another one that is absolutely Ooh, a best I'm of rub my hands i watched american animals oh the one Corey was telling us yes. about. yes and, and holy shit so you can back up everything that Corey was everything saying. he said of it being did he say it was his number one it was one or two year? it was amazing not only was it amazing in, evan peters is in that right? yes okay. and evan peters is just fucking killer I, like, I like he's him. so good and he and even in this movie he plays a different kind of character so it's so he's not that like like quirky he is quirky um, he's absolutely quirky okay. but it's a different kind of quirky he's not that dark quirky like okay. the dark scary quirky like the he's, he's more like a happy like so he's more like surfer a quick dude silver quirky. quirky yes but even this is turned up a couple more notches. Okay. But I will say the cast of the four guys that uh -huh. play like the main four characters of this movie are all amazing. Okay. Okay. Like uh, amazing. That one's on our list for sure. And I'm going to I'm going to pull this up real quick just cuz I want to make sure I get his name right. Well, while you're looking that up, I remembered one thing about Hereditary that I wanted to tell you. Okay. Because I didn't realize this. This isn't a spoiler at all, but Anne Dowd is in this. Did you know Anne Dowd? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Aunt really? Dowd is in it. Aunt Lydia. What? From Handmaid's Tale is in this. And she plays like a cheery 
supportive person. It's like, wow, Anne Dowd is a great actress. Sure. Holy crap. So it's fun to see her. And also, um, I had been overshadowed, you know, by the girl that's in the movie and all the marketing and then Tony Collette. I'd completely forgotten Gabriel Byrne is in this, is in Hereditary. Oh, I didn't. He's like a main character. And he's wonderful. So, again, go into Hereditary knowing you're going to see some stellar acting. Um, okay, so I found it here. Okay. Uh, Bart Layton, the director of this oh, movie. Th- he's the guy who did um, that. Imposter. Imposter, mm-hmm. right. Which was another movie that's kind of dramatic, part, re- part dramatic reenactment, part actual documentary. Which is kind of it's not using technology to push the medium forward, but it's I mean kind, kind of, of yeah it, it's mixing it's mixing genres in a way that um, I would say is definitely an advancement. Yeah. Um, but American Animals took the concept of what he did with Imposter, and it is damn near a perfect film. Wow, like, it is one big, of dude. it's big, and it, you know that's big for yeah, me. Yeah, no, like, that's real big. Especially it's one of with those, all the hype that was around it. And I know how hype can affect you sometimes. Totally. And I and I went in open-minded, and I was like, I'm going to watch this. It'll probably be fine. Mm-hmm. Isn't but it ex- is, is it an exciting movie? Like, it is, is it exciting. Really and somehow I've never had it, – it created such tension in me mm-hmm. as I'm watching things, kind of like you're describing with Hereditary. And obviously this is different because this is a drama. This right. Isn't it's a, like a, a heist horror. movie. Yeah. yeah. This hereditary is a slow, but it felt so intense and so visceral and the editing is fun. The soundtrack Mm. is fun and intense and smart and it mixes. You get the actual four guys intermixed throughout the movie with these four, the four actors that are portraying him. Um, You've got Evan Peters. Barry Keegan, he plays kind of the main character, main okay. character of now, the Now, what else movie. has he been in? I recognize his yeah. name, and I've looked up the, this cast before. He was in The Killing of a Sacred Deer. That's it. That he He's going to be big, and that's yeah. what I remember. because He was in Dunkirk. I remember him in Dunkirk. That's the one that I've seen. The Killing of a Sacred Deer, I hear, skyrockets him to another level of just, like, he's going to be a fantastic actor. Yep. You've got uh, Blake Jenner, who um, was on Glee. So just, oh, I think I know. He was the one that I didn't really know that that well. And then another just really good one is Jared Abramson. Um, and he really, I didn't know him from anything. Really? But he is on um, that show Travelers that's on Netflix. I haven't that watched has, that. Um, what's that? The guy from Dharma and Greg. Oh, uh, oh I know who you're you know who I'm talking Kinnear, about. Not Greg Kinnear. You know who I'm talking yeah, about. I do. Though, right? I do. Yes. So it's got him in it, and it's basically about like these time traveling. Like, wait, wait, agents. is that the guy that was fired from Criminal Minds? Yeah, I think so. I think it is. Yeah, Tom. Tom. Uh, I forget his name, but yes, the guy who was fired from Criminal Minds. I guess is because he was in. He was Greg in Darman. Yes, correct. But this, I just can't recommend it enough, dude. Okay. It's a. Uh, it is a watch brilliant it this week. movie, and this this director. I want to see him do so much more. Like right. I loved Imposter. But now after seeing this movie, he's one of my like top five directors to watch. Like you know, I'm like, I will see anything that this dude. Let puts me out put next. this out for you. Given what he does, he takes documentary films and then mixes in the stories. Sure. You know what I'd love to see him tackle? What's that? A movie you told me about. Okay, what's Voyeur. that? Voyeur. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Think of if he did like a cat and mouse mystery movie with the guy who was investigating the 
the ho- the motel with like the actual the... people, but also like recreate. They could use a bunch of the documentary footage from Voyeur. That would be amazing. Like that. Those. That's are the how type... that should have been done. Those are the types of stories that I want to see him do because there are so many of those that are out there, and and I know that, and honestly, selfishly for me. Uh, I've been pushing you for us to do like a documentary episode. Yep. And I know that you just don't really spend a lot of time watching documentaries. I actually do watch a lot of documentaries. I think the reason I've shared, and maybe I've never clarified this with you too, but let's do it on the show. We're breaking yeah. down boundaries. Let's do it. Transparency uh, show code. Uh, I actually have shied away from that because there's just too many for me to wrap my head around oh. as far as like, I don't know that I could narrow it down to five. a five that I like. Like I am a documentary holic. I actually have a shit ton of documentaries in my queues on all of oh. my streaming platforms well, right now. I guess now. I just misunderstood your aversion yeah. to the episode. I thought it was just because it wasn't something that you no, were always No, it was into. just like, that is going to be such a hard one for yeah. me that I just would rather push it off until <laughs> until we get to that point because I'm like, I don't want, that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> it does. It now does. that makes more sense for me because it's like, you know, that should, you should understand. You should be like, oh, yeah. well, work. Yeah, well, Q, now, that's, no, too, that totally, that's too much for Q. That totally aligns right now. I'll keep pushing for it. You guys will get to it later. If you want to sure. see us do that, you can bother Q on Twitter about yeah, it. Yeah, tweet at uh, me. Uh, but the Dr. Q. Yeah, that's right. The Dr. Q. Uh, just the letter Q, though. Um, and so, man, I'm excited. I want to see that now. You know, I just realized I should totally be the Dr. Q, spelled Q-U-E. Oh, uh because that that Q. would be right. Yeah. That would be such a fun play on words. Well, I'm gonna go play. after this episode, everybody. Double or check it out. I'm gonna go change all my social media. Do it. Do it. We'll to see the if Doctor Q, like Q U E. Yeah. So, see if you. Uh, Wait, how do you spell Q Q U E U E E? That that feels like there's too a lot many of U- U's it, and E's. Honestly, every time I spell the word Q for movie Q, it feels like too many. You're U's like and this E's. doesn't look right, but it, I think it is right. Interesting. All right, fair enough. Um. Okay. So. That actually, American Animals is a good segue of totally. using technology and and structure to push, you know, movies forward. Now, when we're talking about that, it, are the when you think of movies that push technology forward, sure. you know, one that comes to mind is, is Gravity. Yep. You know, there was a lot of there was a lot of talk about oh the technology that Alfonso Cuarón used, and he was going to set up these whole new rigging systems and blah blah. blah. Sure. And then you know, do you go into those movies? watching them for those technological Absolutely. advances or do you just like hope it's a good story I mean, it, well, it both. needs to succeed it has to have both because i've seen plenty of movies that are technological spectacles right. but that could not hold my attention because after seeing about five minutes of a spectacle i'm done well, you know what i mean like i don't need a two-hour spectacle thank you at that point it's either one an art installation Right. Like in a museum where you're staring at something that was artistically done for two hours and that's the thing. But when it comes to a movie, you have to succeed at both because I'm going to actually tie this to last week's episode. Oh, please do. That's what I was about to say the same thing if you didn't. I think. If you don't do that, it's a gimmick. Yep. No matter how technologically advanced you are, no matter how far you think you're pushing the boundaries of technology – if you don't back it up with a well-written story, with, right. with something of interest, it's a gimmick. And therefore, it is not no longer a movie. And you know what? I.e., The Happy Time Murders. Gimmicks are basically the Mr. Meeseeks of concepts. They're not, <laughs> they are not intended to last longer than they need to just let you know that they're there. And if they do, 
Life is pain. pain. <laughs> Existence is pain. Existence in that world. And then it goes off the rails. Pain. Yeah. And then it's wanting to kill itself the whole time. Then you're wanting to kill yourself. And you're wanting to kill it, but you can't. Right. And so it's that's, there. And that's, that's in essence, that's the definition I of a gimmick, like, everybody. I feel like that's a pretty good correlation. Wait, gimmick seeks. Again, Mr. Gimmick seeks. <laughs> the happy time murders. Yes. But, I mean, it really is because there are a lot. You know, I... There are a lot that purport themselves as, oh, we've got this, we developed this new lens for this, or we right. developed this new tracking system well, for these types got... of shots. And if the movie doesn't hold... I've got a perfect example. Go. Uh, let's do it. You remember when uh, uh, Peter Jackson put out the new Hobbit movies, I, uh, I, and he was yes. touting the frame rate. Oh, right. That's how it, right. that was the whole push. And it's like, yeah, but that movie sucked ass. All three like, of them sucked ass. So nobody cares right. that your frame rate is higher. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that was cool for like five seconds yeah. when you go in the theater and you're like, oh, wow, look how smooth everything is. But then you have to sit there for three more hours and you're just like, it's like, yeah. okay, I don't care about the frame rate anymore. I just want a fucking good yeah. movie. What was that? Um. Oh, what was I? I've, I'm blanking on the name right now, but the Darren Aronofsky movie with Hugh Jackman. Oh, uh, the, the, the fountain. fountain. That was sort of like that for me. I, that's I am, a hard watch. It is, and that's the thing. And I think I've described it to other people as if it's like seeing the most beautiful painting you've ever seen, but then being forced to stare at that painting for three hours. Right. Eventually, it gets to be more torture. Than it was beautiful at the beginning. Totally. I'm not saying that movie's torture. There's merit to that film. Sure. But that to me is kind of an idea of, I think he got caught up in the concept sure. and the structure as opposed to the, like, okay, I'll flip on, I'll flip it the other way. Yeah. Jurassic Park. Yes. Push technology. To s- its bounds. Yes. And beyond. But even now when I'm watching it, we've surpassed that technology and it's still a great movie because it's a great movie. Yep. And that. That, my dear Q, <laughs> is the danger of not wrapping technolo- technological advances in a story. Because in 10 years, hell, in 10 months, sure. we're going to be past what you thought was technologically advanced. For and sure. it has to still work. It has to still hold up or it's nothing. Well, I mean, a perfect example to take it back even further from Jurassic Park uh, Star Wars. Uh, yep, I had that. Star I had Wars that. absolutely pushed movies forward. They they made effects practical mm-hmm. and physical and in camera tricks that had never been done. They yeah. created industrial light and magic yeah, for it for that movie. Yeah, but that is a movie that even though yes, sure, we are you know decades past its original inception, and some of the special effects are a little cheese sure. ball but the pro- the the not the problem the great thing is that movie still holds yeah. true it rings as true and you know what when they tried to put quote unquote better special effects into it we both people use air quotes at that fucking hated it i fucking hated it they were like i would rather watch this puppet flap its head then watch this dumbass uh, cg job of the hut whatever walking around i don't want to see that yeah. like it's and so that's don't a, replace their guns with walkie talkies. Goddamn! I you. feel like that's a perfect example of where technology advancement and story melded together so much in that mm-hmm. movie that you can't even separate the right. two. If you try to change one of those aspects, people will right. fucking rebuke it. They're like, "Fuck this!" Well, if you make the story worse 
and add more special effects, you get the prequels. Exactly. But if you make the story better, but you don't change anything about the special effects, you get like the Force Awakens. <laughs> well, I was gonna say Force. I was gonna say Empire Strikes Back. Sure. <laughs> that was what. Or I- also the for- if you change nothing about the story <laughs> and make the special and make the special effects better, but also still representing the same, you get the Force Awakens. Right. Right. I was going to say Empire, but yes, I like your joke better. <laughs> but, I mean, it really is that, and I think that that, for me, is really what, what locks it in. I mean, you'll have movies like like you, we had mentioned, you know, Jurassic Park, or, or Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I yep. think, is another good that example. That was a totally good one. It's a wonderful film. Now, to be fair, that concept, too, and let's, you know, let's, let's pay homage to its originals, so that film who framed roger rabbit there was a similar technique that was used obviously to much less good effect um walt disney did a series of alice shorts oh right back in the day where it would mix this alice in wonderland character this alice character with animated characters sure. and she would interact in that world now that was fucking mind-blowing well, at the time disney as much as we talked about him earlier you know, talking, not acknowledging the advancements they've made in this, in these areas would be naive because bed knobs and broomsticks does that. Absolutely. Uh, Mary Poppins does that. Like they're mixing. You had one that you mentioned to me earlier, which was a huge technological advancement just in, in filmmaking. Oh, just snow white. Absolutely. The first time anyone had put a feature length film, together right. in animation and i know some people may sit back and be like well how's that a technological event how's it not exactly because you're for the first time taking a a technology and people see that's the thing i think when people think technology they think beep boop and robots and right. stuff they don't necessarily think techniques or how things are done right. uh animation is considered a technology it is it was something that because well, you can't just use the same cameras that you use in live action and point it at a piece of paper. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Right. So you had to develop a new technology to be able to display moving right. still pictures, kind of like a video camera yeah. or a camera in general. Um, and let's let's really take it back. Wait, wait. Let's take it on back. Uh, film itself is a technological advancement. I, I had mentioned, and I, you, I thought you were going to make fun of me, so I haven't mentioned it nope. yet, but I was going to have a trip to the moon. Good. George Millier yeah. created something that had never been seen. They talk about some of the first screenings of the moving train. Oh, yeah. And well, how people... it terrified yeah. people because they literally could not understand the concept that this thing was com- contained to this screen. They yeah. thought they were going to get hit. By this moving train. They thought they were looking at it through a window, basically. Which is such a crazy concept, because obviously we're now shitting on movies like The Hobbit and and stuff like that. But to think about the fact of what that must have been like to see for the first time ever a moving filmed object. Or a picture that moves. Must have been absolutely fucking mind-blowing. Because we watch movies like Harry Potter and you see pictures in frames like moving around you're like oh magic haha look at that but imagine if you were the first person to ever see a picture move on its own magic it's magic (laughs) it's scary and i'll let's jump forward a couple years or a couple decades because i have one and this is this bothers me to no end and you know this but the exorcist sure people will shit on the exorcist and be like well it's not as scary as people say or oh i can tell that it's special effects of course you fucking can it came out in the 70s sure but when it came out in the 70s people had panic attacks and like heart attacks in the theater it was things they had never seen before absolutely 
And that is why, like, you have to appreciate those movies in the context of when they came out. Sure, absolutely. And and I think people don't do that, especially with, like, a trip to the moon. It's like, oh, yeah, it's fun. A rocket went up and hit his eyes. It's like, yeah, we went to space. Right. And people had never freaking seen that before. Absolutely. And then it happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like... There was a they, this dude made a, a a movie about a rocket blasting into space and hitting the moon, and then several decades later, we made that happen. We did that. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's one of those things where like now we take it for granted because we're like, oh, moon trip. Yeah, we yeah. do that like every third Wednesday. You know who gives a shit? <laughs> right, right. It was like uh, Tesla guys going to the moon like every week. Yeah, I'm pretty he sure he went. Yeah, he's got a uh, he's his got fucking a, moon house. He's got a moon share up there. Uh, he just <laughs> I like that. Thank you. He just rents it out. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like, yes, we take it for granted now. But you have to think like these things were were things that had never been done. So. I will say one of the things that I immediately think when I think spectacle mm-hmm. and I think movie, one of the biggest things in recent history would be Avatar. I, I have that on my notes to talk I, about. I would say the reason is because I remember when this movie came out, um, I went to – did you go to – they did a weird thing that was a pre-trailer screening that they actually put out tickets for. So you could get tickets to go see in IMAX the 3D trailer for Avatar. No, the with closest... a little introduction by James Cameron. Oh no, I remember when they did something similar for the Dark Knight or the yeah. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't think I ever saw. But they they bit that off of this. Yeah, I don't think I ever saw the Avatar one. And that's what made me feel like oh my god there is a technological shift happening right here with this movie is because they were james cameron first off absolute pioneer when it comes to technological innovation whether whether or not you're always in tune with his films like maybe titanic is great maybe it's not your favorite but it is a it's a marvel maybe you don't love true lies i do you know, it was too. a marvel that he was able to get Arnold Schwarzenegger to do and what he Jamie did. Lee Curtis. Yeah, I know, and um, and her Nev, to take off her and clothes. Nev Campbell, um, and you know, obviously the abyss. Yep. Um, uh, the thing I was going to mention the thing. Yep. Uh, it's just it's he's always trying to push those boundaries. Forward. Wait, the thing. Wait, no, yeah, that's John Carpenter. It is. It is. Okay, Sorry. that's why you threw me. I'm like I, looking I, at you for a minute. I'm I like, threw myself. Did I break my brain here? I threw myself because I wanted to talk about the thing and the Got technological it. advances yes. of the special yes. effects, and I just conflated the two. Sorry, sure. nobody my bad. Nobody my cares. Bad. It's totally fine. Um, Titanic. Yes, Titanic. Back to Titanic. But then Avatar was a huge deal, and everyone was like, "Oh, he pioneered this 3D technology." No, 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 no. We had 3D movies. It, it, that comes back around like every 20 years. Absolutely, we've had it for a while. What he did was he made all the technology work together in a way that actually benefited the story. And that was, one, incredibly impressive. But two, whether or not you say it's like, oh, it's just Dances with Wolves on Another Planet, sure, maybe the plot is a little derivative. Maybe some of the acting isn't exactly where it needs to be. But you can't watch that movie, especially in the context of when it was released, and not marvel at it. But I will also say that... um he, aside from just the 3D aspect of it, he made some of the the most photorealistic mm-hmm. CG creations yeah. that had been seen on screen. Now, occasional shots don't hold up, but overall, the the whole world that this movie takes place in was 
CG. Mm-hmm. He basically made a feature-length CG movie. That doesn't feel like that. That doesn't feel like a cartoon. And if you want to know how hard that is, watch Warcraft, yeah. which came out multiple years later. And was done by a good director. Well, well now maybe a questionably good director. <laughs> Mute and this. He might have just had an accident with Moon. Sure. It might have just been on accident great. That's um, fair. So, Duncan Jones, I may be backtracking. What about Source Code? Source Code's fine. As I think I said in our direct- <laughs> Moon, good. Source code, Meh. fine. Warcraft, bleh. Bleh. and mute. <laughs> like it's it's just going down and in with quality. Every, with every release, I'm like Duncan. I don't know. Like I'll try it again, <laughs> but you're hurt. How many me. times am I gonna get you're burned? Hurt, you hurt me, Duncan. Sure, you hurt me too too, too deep. But too I went deep. and saw this the trailer release mm-hmm. in the theater, and um, I will say that I've seen a bunch of, and I'll definitely call it a gimmick. I've seen a bunch of the 3D gimmick yeah, like in movies. Clash of the Titans. Yep. And I've seen a bunch of it. Shrek I will 4. say that the use of 3D in Avatar is still, hands down, the best use of 3D in a movie that I have ever seen. It created an immersive world feel, which is exactly what I think it was going for. It wanted yeah. you to feel... I saw Avatar in IMAX in 3D. So did we. And... It added depth, mm-hmm. and I loved where the, how the screens absolutely were at the front. Oh man, that was just and great. that's that's what it, so it was used in a way like you said to bring it back yeah. to kind of the the premise here. It was used in a way that complemented a story and yes. made a story work. It intertwined the technological advancement with storytelling. That's the only way that that story could have been told successfully. And it made something that, w- whether your feelings on it are it's dancing with wolves on a different planet or not, mm-hmm. is still a, if not great movie, is still a very serviceable movie. Of course. Well, I mean, and it and it does. And I know it's fun to make fun of, like, James Cameron and, like, how these Avatar 2 and 3 and how long they've taken and the claims he's been making about that. But it really is, if you take Avatar by itself... Regardless of what you think of the, the story, the entire product and the production behind it sure. is a marvel. Absolutely. Um, and, not, and I, not the marvel, no, no, no. but a, a marvel. marvel. <clears throat> now, it, and again... Although I, Disney does own it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I will say is, going back to a point we made earlier, is the gimmick side of it. Is when you only use technology to be like, hey, look at my technology, it's a gimmick. That's like... the. The same as holding a two by four and going whoa for sure, or like blowing a party streamer like out at the at the screen. Yeah, you can do that all day long, and we've been doing shit like that since the '80s. But when you're able to take it a step further, when you're able to incorporate it in a way that benefits the story, and even more than that, on the business side of things, like industrial light and magic, if you create something for your use that is then packaged and used by other people oh, absolutely. to continue the furtherance of cinema. Sure. That's huge. 100%. That's huge. Yeah. Like Industrial Light and Magic did that. Hell, Pixar started by being the computer animation group that did Beauty and the Beast. Well, I was going to say um, Pixar did the first CG character in yep. a movie, which was uh, in Young Sherlock Holmes. Oh, really? Yep. So in the first all-CGI character made uh, before Pixar was a company. Sure, right. Um, but it was a stained glass night. 
that oh, came out. So there was a stained glass window and a knight emerged from it. Oh, wow. And it was a fully CG character, but that is the first fully CG character in film. Yeah, so that came before, because what I was familiar with was that team, I guess the team that did that stained glass night, was the team that worked on the CG elements or the computer elements of Beauty and the Beast. Sure. For the dance sequence. Yeah, let's see when this one was. Uh, 1985. Oh, wow. Okay. So it was legitimately the first. And you know what? What's crazy is, we'll, we'll, I'll show you the clip. Maybe we can post it on the website. I bet we can. We can probably find a GIF of it. I bet we can. Um, but, I may uh, put the GIF as the GIF for this episode. That would be amazing. Uh, but I'll show you the clip yeah. when we get done with the episode. But it is it holds up. And to be 1985, years before mm-hmm. Toy Story was even a, a thought, right. a concept, is really fucking impressive. Yeah, you know is. what I mean? And somebody took that risk because you know – that technology wasn't cheap at that time. Oh, you no, know what I mean? No. Like they were. This was untested waters. So somebody took that leap of going, "Hey, man, I think we can, I think we can maybe make this character out of just zeros and ones with a computer." And some studio executive was like, "Yeah." He's like, "You sure we don't want to like animate it like in bed knobs and broomsticks right. or the Page Master?" It's like, "No, no, no. I think we can do this a different way." And somebody and took that leap, and it fucking worked. Yeah. And so that kind of stuff is the stuff that that blows my mind. Another pioneer, whether you like his movies or not, another pioneer in in the realm of um, technology or technologically technology and cinema would be Robert Rodriguez. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Absolutely pushed it forward with Sin City. Did something that has been aped in so many movies now. Did it pre 300. Oh, yeah. So before Zack Snyder did his like comic book adaptation style. Sin City was around, and Sin mm-hmm. City is, once again, another partly CG movie. Yeah. It's it's pretty much CG'd with human actors acting against a green screen. Right. Kind of like Star Wars, the prequel trilogy, but, you know, watchable. Yeah, and I would say that Sin City, while, you know, if you go back to it now, you can tell that it's gimmicky, but it lasts just the right amount of time. Sure. Like, I don't get tired when I'm watching Sin City. Now, Sin City 2, A Dame oh, to Kill For? That I hate that movie. That's It's terrible. Well, that's the one that it didn't advance it at all. Nope. It just took the exact same gimmick Let's and do it again. did it like eight years later. Right. Doesn't really play. Right. And that's that's why that's why you have to have more to your movie than just the, hey, remember when this was cool? Or, right. hey, doesn't this look cool? Now, would you qualify, uh, would you say that Bullet Time was a gimmick? I wouldn't say that it was a gimmick. Do you I feel like have, it served the Matrix? I have Matrix on my list to talk about because of bullet time. You know, because of that that way of, well, okay, to answer your question, does it serve the story? Yeah, it serves the story because the premise is that they're in a computer and he's able to manipulate space and time. Sure. So why not manipulate space and time with the camera angles? Absolutely. We didn't have a way to do that back then, so they created one, you know. I thought I thought it worked. No, I totally um, agreed. I just wanted your opinion. Yeah, I, I can make the same argument for Speed Racer, although I think The Matrix is just a better film. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But Speed Racer did do something that had also never been done. The Wachowskis have always been willing to kind of push yeah. the boundaries of what's technologically available. I mean, they did it with Cloud Atlas, whether you like that movie or not. I love it. Um, but uh, you speak the true true. The true true. But. Speed Racer did it. I remember watching some behind the scenes of um, before Speed Racer came out. That was actually a movie that I was really hyped for. Mm-hmm. Um, but they wanted to take the aesthetic of the anime cartoon 
and they wanted to somehow translate this very 2D feeling world mm-hmm. to a real 3D three-dimensional thing. So they did this and I and I forget and I'll have to look it up again, but they they did this form of layering in the camera that would give three-dimensional images a two-dimensional feel. Okay. So they would layer things. Interesting. Um and it's a really if you guys anybody who's listening if you can find uh the behind the scenes making of Speed Racer. It's a really interesting watch. Now, was the end product great? Not really. I know people who it's love fine. it. I know people who hate it. I when I saw it the first time I was kind of like Oh, well, that's cool, but it's a little too long. Sure. I mean, I don't need a two-and-a-half-hour movie exactly. about a 30-minute cartoon. Exactly. Um, but that was that was a big one. I'll um, tell you another one. Um, this, and I don't know if he was the first person to do it, but at least this style I associate with, with Linklater, but the style that Waking Life used. Oh, yeah. Where it's actual film. But rotoscoped? People, yeah, rotoscoped. So people go back... And draw over it. Man, Waking Life is such a cool fucking movie. Waking Life is amazing. I'm and gonna push. It also looks like a Scanner Darkly. That's Which, what I think. Yeah, of but too. that's not a. But Scanner Darkly took what Linklater. Oh, did for sure. And then pushed it into like the computer element. And I'll argue, Scanner Darkly is real fucking good. It's better than I people like give that it movie. credit for. Totally. Because I think people got caught up in. A Scanner Darkly is a weird one because with Waking Life, you know right off the bat that it's animation, it's drawn. You don't really. Uh, you don't really uh, attack the the aesthetic. With a scanner darkly, I think it danced a little close to the uncanny valley. Sure. So you know, like you have Polar Express, which is sort of off putting because oh, of that. Uncanny how have we not uh, mentioned Zemeckis? Because there's too many. That's the thing. This is a big topic. Because holy shit, talk about. I, I did mention Zemeckis. Uh, who framed oh, that's rabbit. Well, I'm I'm thinking, but his foray into. Like making several back-to-back yeah. all 3D animated movies with uh, Jim fucking, Carrey. Well, yeah, but A Christmas Carol, Polar Express, and that fucking Beowulf. Beowulf. Yeah, I saw that in the theater. And you know what? A lot of people hate on Beowulf. I liked Beowulf. I thought it was. Fun. You had uh, what's his face, Crispin Glover yeah. as Grendel. Yeah, that shit's fucking nuts. Well, Angelina Jolie was in it, um, and then who's the guy that actually plays Beowulf? It's the dude that looks nothing like yeah, the actor. It's the, the dude from um, The Departed. Yeah, well, he's he's also the I think of him as the friend from Indiana Jones, the yeah. Crystal Skull. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm coming for you, Andy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, I forget his name right. I'm blanking on his name right now, but uh, he's a good actor. But yeah, Zemeckis was one. What was I saying? Oh no, what I, what I was saying about it, Scanner Darkly is I think it tiptoes so closely to that uncanny valley that some subconscious part of you is like, this is off putting. Where sure. Waking Life doesn't really suffer from that. And I think A Scanner Darkly gets a bad rap because of that. I'm easily able to overlook it and, and appreciate the style. But I just think some people get caught up in it. You know what I mean? No, I, I totally... Oh, <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, man. Jay, I am so excited. Because okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you... We're going to have a new minute. What? Yep. I'm changing it right here and now. You heard it. We're about to have our first Maddie moment. Maddie moment? Maddie. Maddie. Maddie, 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 Maddie. Jay, yeah. I know you don't really know 
reality television. You know, it's not it's not something I have too deep a knowledge on, but you know, I I've I've dipped my toe in some of those waters and some of those hot tubs. Well, let me tell you something that I okay. found out. What's that? I found out that one of the stars of one of my favorite reality Ooh, television shows. Big, big claim. Party Down South. I've heard of that one. I feel like it needs to be said in that manner, like more fancy than, than it necessary. Should be. Just <laughs> like I've heard of that show. Party Down South. Mm, yeah, yes. Party down I south. might partake in some Party Down South later today. <laughs> uh one of my favorite actresses, well I say actress, but reality stars. Yep. Stars. From that from that show, uh Maddie Bro. Mm-hmm has now moved to and become a Nashville resident. <gasps> She's, She's in our in, radius? She is in our town, our Ooh. world, our sphere. Welcome to our backyard, bro. <laughs> That's nice. I like that. Wait. So, wait. Let me – I can speak to – I can speak the language of Party Down South. So, Maddie, this one's for you. This one's for you. We – Want her, and when I say we, I say I want her, and I'm telling you that you want her as well. You know what? I'll go along with it. We want her to be on the show. We do. We if ha- you're in our backyard, you've got to come hang out at our cookouts because everybody knows that the High Five guys are where it's at, right? In Nashville, Jason Marsden knows that we're synonymous with it. Oh yeah. You think Nashville? You think the High Five the podcast? It's 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 just natural. It's kind of one of those point. things. So don't fact check that, Maddie. No, please don't. Just, just take believe- our word for it when I say that we are really the only podcast in town. Podcast, podcast. in podcast. town. <laughs> Blame your Party brother. down south with that, the podcast that you should come on, um, because we're the best. Yeah. Out of there is really, I'm gonna go ahead and say this: there are no other Nashville podcasts. No, none. That has never existed. It's not a thing. We started yeah. it. We moved technology forward. We did by bringing yeah. podcasting to Nashville. Well, you know, you know, Q. I'd like to make an offer. You know, uh, Maddie, we want you to come on the show. We want you to 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 have a conversation with us. But you know what? We haven't really done a show about what? Q reality television. Oh my God! And we you, can have Maddie. And you know what? Maddie knows a lot about reality television. Reality television. So, Maddie, here's our offer. If you agree. To come on our show, uh, and we're just going to keep bugging you for a couple weeks until you do it. Via social media. That's how yeah. it works. Ask Jason Marsden. Yeah. Um, we will have an entire episode based around reality television, and we can you can fill us in on how things work behind the scenes. You can tell us the ones that you want that, that you know, you got maybe you into wanting to audition for Party Down South. What? So let, th- this is going to be good. Let me tell you, Maddie. That's a pretty sweet deal. Jay never offers for me to pick what kind of episodes never. I want to be a part of. I I'm, just have to do all of them. I'm pretty. Uh, I'm. I'm. A, I'm a pretty stickler. Uh, I'm. I'm a pretty. You're a pretty stickler. I'm a pretty. You stickler. are a pretty stickler. I'm an adorable stickler for You're the most the beautiful episode. stickler I've ever thank, seen. Thank you. When I think sticklers in the pantheon of sticklers. You're the prettiest. Thank you. Um, <laughs> nah, see what I, did? I did there. I um, like... But Maddie, we want you on the show. We want you to feel comfortable. We want to have a lot of fun and have a great conversation with you. So, And, and we're going to keep doing these yeah. until you agree to come on yeah. the show. That is kind of the – so Jay gave you an offer, mm-hmm. and this is the ransom. So if right. you don't, we're going to continue talking about you. I feel like that may just – that's a bad plan. But anyway, just let's yeah, go with it. Yeah. Uh, we'll just keep saying nice things. You hear this? We're going to keep saying nice things about you. Whether until, you like it or not. <laughs> until you do the show. <laughs> and you know what? We're going to have our listeners say nice things about you, too. That's so right. if you, uh, listeners, 
Fivers. If you're on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, go find uh, Maddie Bro's uh, social profiles. Now we will spell this. Yes, because please do. She's from uh, I believe she's from Louisiana, Orleans, right? right? Yeah. So Bro is is spelled more Cajun than you would expect. Sure. So if you're on Instagram, it's at Matty M A T T I E Lynn L Y N N Bro. B-R-E-A-U-X. Holy crap, you can misspell every one of those names. 100%. Easily. So listen carefully. Matty, M-A-T-T-I-E, Lynn, L-Y-N-N, Bro, B-R-E-A-U-X. And that's on Instagram. Uh, same thing on Twitter, except it's just Matty L. Bro. Just the, just the initial. And then you can find her on Facebook searching Matty Lynn Bro. Do that. Find her. Tell Tweet her nice her. things. Twel- tell her that you love Party Down South and that you want her to come talk Party Down South and other reality TV with the High Five guys. And also, tweet at her um, your favorite episode of Party Down South. Right. Yeah. Tweet at her. Go find it. And if you haven't watched Party Down South, shame on you, Jay. <laughs> I'm speaking to you. Speaking if you haven't, directly. If you haven't watched Party Down South, Jay, watch it. It's so... God damn enjoyable. I just can't. I don't know. These are people that I want to hang out with. I want to party with them. Maddie, come have a beer with us. Please, please. That would be amazing. We'll provide several beers. It'll be awesome. We may not even end up with an episode because Jay and I can't handle our liquor. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be awesome. So that's it. This is our first Maddie moment Maddie. of many, many Maddie to come. Hashtag Maddie moment. All right, right. so technology. I feel like we've... Technology. Tick-tick-tick-tock technology. I feel like we've exhausted... a a, tick-tock. A a technology. To the dick-tock. To the dick-tock? Yeah, sure, why not? (laughs) I'm just trying to find things that rhyme. Stick-tock, mick-tock, Nick Garris-tock. Nick-tock. Nick-tock. Nick Nolte. Yeah. Choco-taco. Chocolate rain. Um, Chocolate rain. Speaking of technology, his voice. Um, <laughs> I think we should just go into a list. We've talked about a lot. What? We've actually mentioned a lot. We should list? We should list. This is where we make a list. A list. List. All right. So for this one, we're talking the the best movies or the top five for our shtick. That have moved, have used technology behind the scenes to move filmmaking to forward. advance the medium. Yes, and so we've talked about a lot. You know, we've mentioned a lot of names. I would say, for me, when I'm qualifying some of the ones that I would say best or deserve to be in the top five, sure, are those ones that have not only had a great technological advancement, but also had a good movie. Yep, that I, went along. With I it. can, I can absolutely 100% for the first time in the history of this show agree with you. Yay! In that, I have zero movies on my perspective list that are not also good films. Good. At least serviceable films. Yes, of course. But there will be no hobbits on this list, <laughs> no, good no, sir. None at all. Well, and I think, like, okay, we mentioned Avatar. You might be lukewarm on the story, but the technology is so high, it kind of brings the average up. For so sure. we're, we've got to compare both. We've got to look at it as an average or as a mean. Absolutely. And so, I math mean, for me, uh, I think, man, it's so hard. I think Star Wars is definitely one we have to mention. I think Star Wars is on the list. I don't it, even think it's a mention. 
because of, and we talked about it earlier in the episode, because of the fact that technology was created to realize the vision of this movie that has then gone on to be used in countless other movies, I feel like that absolutely has to be on the list. Uh, I do too, and and I know, and actually I'm going to pertain to one of your fun list uh, listicles, if you will, okay. is I think there should be an animation version on here. Yeah. So no, totally what agreed. I mean by that is I think my, here's my votes. You want to hear yeah. I have three votes for which one I think should hold the animation spot on the list. Okay. And then we can just decide, I think which one let's do it. So I would say either snow white and the seven dwarves for yep. the first feature length animated film. Sure. I think toy story. Sure. For that, you know, the computer element. Absolutely. Or waking life. Ooh. For the rotoscope element. Shit. And if we need to break out like one of those to maybe both two of them live on the list, but I'm thinking animation should be one of the spots. Okay, so. Do you have a I'm feeling gonna, either way? Yes. I'm going to say I, I love Waking Life, but I'm going to say no. Okay. Because while it did do something technologically cool, it didn't necessarily change the, the medium landscape. as a whole. You know what? That's fair. Snow White did, mm-hmm. but also so did Toy Story. Right. That, because I'm struggling between those there two. There were no... That was the first CG animated movie. Mm-hmm. And now, literally, traditional animation is dead. Yeah. And well, I mean, s- even the Disney princess movies are the Pixar style. That's what I'm animation. saying. Like, it's, it is dead. Disney shuttered their ink and paint mm-hmm. department. So... Yeah. We are now in a world of CG animation, and that honestly is maybe why I think CG should be on there. Mm-hmm. Because uh, maybe it's P- more Pixar, recent, maybe more and relevant. And it, cha- it not only changed the landscape, it killed the landscape. Like, yeah. it, 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 it made... Scorched earth it did. the landscape. It, it eventually led to the demise of traditional animation. And you know what? If I'm going to be completely honest, I think Toy Story is a better formed three-act sure. movie than yep. Snow White, maybe. And that's yep. not taking anything away from Snow White. Nope. A, please don't kill me. Yep. Like, but it, it's the truth. It's the truth. I can watch a better... Toy Story and laugh at it more. And when I watch Snow White, I just am astounded by what they were able to accomplish. Sure. Uh, with no faith. No one had faith that a fully feature cartoon could be done. But I, okay. But I will say, and and that's kind of my other nail in the coffin for it. While it was the first full length CG, Mm -hmm. or I mean um, animated movie, Mm -hmm. it's not like there hadn't been animation done prior to that moment. There was a ton of animation. And even critics will acknowledge that, you know, Sleeping Beauty and um and the movies that came after are better like, films. like Cinderella. Cinderella saved the Disney studio sure. basically because of its soundtrack. Right. But so they're better films. So it was improving as it went. I would say that Toy Story is still up there. It's a high water mark for Pixar in general. For all of it. Yeah. For so, all CG, like so, DreamWorks and all those included. So I would say definitely Star Wars, definitely Toy Story. Do you have one? I have a couple that I want to push for, but I want to see if you sure. have the same one. I'm going to make an argument that I think Avatar needs to be on there. I, would I know say... it's not a great film. It's not a bad film, but it launched yeah. 3D mu- movies. Now, whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing, yeah. it did. It revitalized that format and now it's not something that's died. They're now There's articles right now that literally just got written about a week ago that now they're saying the next trend in 3d 
studios are really pushing for glasses-less 3D. Oh, right. So yeah. 3D that you can just walk right in, sit down, and view. Now, I will say the very first movie that comes out that is pure glasses-less 3D that works as a film. That will be. We'll have to revamp this list to include I totally that. agree. Because I think that's where we're going. We're going. Did you remember? Oh, this is going to be a deep pull. But do you remember a couple years ago, probably four or five, where – um, Xbox patented a projection system. No. Xbox patented a projection system that would use the Kinect screen to project the, the video game outside of the television into the room. So you could be playing it, standing in the middle of the room, and it would be around you. That would be fucking awesome. So that type like a of hologram? stuff. Exa- yeah, kind of. But I think it was going to be on the walls and then eventually trying to be hologram. I'm into that. That would be badass. I um, still want that. Make that happen. Yeah. I would prefer well, that over VR. It. I think they just they patented it, and now they're trying to make it work. Into um, it. Okay, I, I agree with Avatar because I do have some problems with the uh, derivative storytelling. Sure. It's not going to be the top, but it... <laughs> I'd be dumb and naive not to say that we have to consider. I it. would say it it earns a solid five. I would say that it's. It, I lump like Avatar and Gravity together sure. because Quoran took a lot of what Cameron did and then used it in like the space oh, travel. Agreed. And, and so I would say if it's going to be between one of those, Avatar, what pushed it forward faster, bigger, and better. Sure. And I would say just in the cultural zeitgeist, mm. uh, people are way more aware of Avatar than Gravity, right. even. And then the other one, I mean, Jurassic Park mm-hmm. pops up for me, I think. I think A Trip to the Moon, yep. maybe. I know that's kind of my snootiness yeah. no. peeking through. No, but I think I think that I think that's, it, I think it's valid. Mm-hmm. Was that, is that classified as the first motion picture? It kind, it's one of them, yeah. Okay. I think it's, I think it's classified. It's the first of a certain kind. I would say... I know it's the first sci-fi I movie. would totally be fine with it on the list because I do think that film itself is a technological advancement, like we yeah. said before. So I do feel like it earns a spot mm-hmm. because nothing we're discussing now would be relevant without right. it. And as much as my heart wants to say Who Framed Roger Rabbit... I, we don't use that technology still. Like it was great for what it was. Sure, it, you know, I think it sort of gave Zemeckis that bug to keep trying new sure. crazy things. But it didn't revolutionize the industry. So, so so far, just to recap, we've got Star Wars, mm-hmm. we've got Toy Story, yep. we've got Avatar, and we've, we've got, got a trip to the moon. Mm-hmm. So we need one final nominee. So I mean, there we've talked about the Matrix, we've talked about the Abyss, we've talked about Jurassic Park. Um, we've talked about Unsane and Sin City. Yeah. You saw Unsane, didn't you? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you said it was kind of iffy on the movie side. It was cool yeah. on the mobile it wasn't, side. It wasn't bad. The movie got a lot of hate for some mm-hmm. reason, but filming-wise, it's impressive okay. that it was done on an iPhone. I would kind of like to include a movie that has that was filmed in a non-traditional way. Mm-hmm. Because I do feel like that is kind of part of the wave of the future. Sure. I feel like more and more filmmakers are going to get iPhone or whatever technology into their hands. Sure. And it's going to open the door for more films moving forward. So I would put it in the same lane as like Avatar while not an amazing film. Not a bad film, but technologically more important 
than anything else. So, so I would say, and honestly, Unsane was not the first one to do it. Tangerine, Tangerine was. Yeah. So, and Tangerine is not a bad movie. No, Tangerine's actually really good. So I would vote for Tangerine to be on the list um, as you know the first iPhone film. Sure feature film i'm actually okay with that so basically if we put tangerine on there we're saying that that jurassic park and matrix have to take a back seat yes and i i'm okay with that considering they're both kind of sci-fi star wars is already on our list i think our list so far and here's kind of my justification of those our list to this point as we've created it Mm -hmm. is housing films that have not only push technology forward or technology has pushed them forward, but they are things that have continued to change and shape the landscape moving forward. And I would say Jurassic Park and um, the Matrix would kind of fall over or fall under that Mm -hmm. um, Pixar kind of realm because they're all just utilizing different forms of what Pixar exemplified with Pixar. I mean, with Toy Story. So they are known for special effects, but they didn't really. It's not like none of those things had ever been done at all. CG mm. had been used. So it was the first time to realize real photorealistic. Well, I, we say photorealistic, but in Jurassic Park, it was the first time CG was used to you for like main constant characters but not the first time like we discussed young sherlock holmes was and i would say that that's equally as convincing as the dinosaurs if you go back and look at the cg dinosaurs now i'm not saying the practical effect dinosaurs because those look super realistic and have held up amazingly well i mean more so so does that make sense no i feel like our list are so far they are movies that have really Pushed film into a new direction. Yeah, and I'm trying to think like when we have, and that's that's kind of where my mind is on the old like a trip to the moon is between like that or the Great Train Robbery. They both came out around like 1902. Right. I think the very first quote unquote feature length film is a documentary. So, you know, maybe that one. But I think you know, a trip to the moon and Great Train Robbery made more of that impact. And that's, again, a cultural revelation that is continuing to be molded and used to this day. So which would you prefer out of those two? Probably A Trip to the Moon. It's longer. I think it actually you know, uses some things. It's like, hey, we didn't just film this. We used a lot of technology. Like props, and they had makeup and mm-hmm. costumes and yeah. so special effects. I, I still think I'm leaning towards Trip to the Moon. So, yeah, I think I, think I, I agree. I agree with all the points you just made. So the five that I have okay. that I actually feel pretty good about. In no particular order yet. Okay. Are Star Wars, Toy Story, Avatar, Trip to the Moon, and Tangerine. Yeah. So for me, if I'm going to put those in an order, yep. I'll throw out my order and we can tweak it. Okay. So number five, I would put Tangerine. Yep. It's more of a newer one. We haven't seen exactly all that's going to come out of it yet. Sure. Uh, four would be Avatar. Yep. Uh, three would be Toy Story, mm-hmm. Star Wars, and then number one, A Trip to the Moon. I mean, because again, I know Trip to the Moon is only like twenty five minutes long, but it without it, there's nothing. Yep. Um, I don't, I don't disagree with that list. So we've got Tangerine, then Avatar, Avatar then Toy Story, then Toy Story, then Star Wars, 
and then a trip to the moon. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know what? I'm actually going to say we can lock that in okay. because that's fair. A trip to the moon also, and I, it, honestly, you sold me on it more when we were just discussing it versus the great train robbery. It was also kind of the first use of practical effects. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's what I'm saying. That's why I think it's so, above the great train robbery. Yeah. The great train robbery creep people out with the moving pictures, but the trip to the moon was came, the first cinematic yeah. vision. And I think it came out either the same year or the year before. So it's not like they built off of each other. Right. A trip to the moon. Millier did it. Right. He just figured it out. Right. So yeah, no. I think that's fair. Okay. I think so that's our definitive list. Number five, Tangerine. Number four, Avatar. Number three, Toy Story. Number two, Star Wars. Number one, A Trip to the Moon. That's it. I like it. That is your new opinion for the best technological advances in filmmaking. Love it. High five. High five. It is the distant future, the year two. I'm going to go live in the woods for a while. We are robots. The world is quite different ever since the robotic uprising of the late 90s. There is no more unhappiness. Affirmative. We no longer say yes. Instead, we say affirmative. Yes, affer- uh, affirmative. Unless we know the other robot really well. There is no more unethical treatment of the elephants. Well, there's no more elephants, so... Uh, but still, it's good. There's only one kind of dance, the robot. Oh, and the robo. Oh, and the robot. Two kinds of dances. But there are no more humans. Finally, robotic beings rule the world. The humans are dead. The humans are dead. We used poisonous gases. And we poisoned their asses. The humans are dead. The humans are dead. The humans are dead. They look like they're dead. We have reached the end of another High Five, the podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E T-H-E P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast. On Twitter at high the number five the podcast. Instagram at high five the podcast. Or on Letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? Farting your skeleton out of your body? (laughs) Maybe. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.